Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I'm very pleased now to interview Douglas Enol, who is a lawyer-turned-peacemaker. Doug's work and his calling is to serve humanity, and he executes his calling at many levels. His work carries him into many dark places using pragmatic, pragmatic and practical tools of peace. He helps people resolve those very deep interpersonal and ideological conflicts. Doug is an award-winning author of three books. He's a teacher, speaker, and trainer. His book and his new book is De-Escalate, How to Calm an Angry Person in 90 Seconds or Less. Welcome, Doug. Patricia, how are you? Yeah, good. I mean, you have such a long bio that I'm I'm not going to read all of it. Don't even bother. (laughs) But I know you're a mediator and a peacemaker. Right. And uh, you've done many different things. And you were honored as California Lawyer Magazine Attorney in 2012 and as a Purpose Prize Fellow. So many, many accolades here. Let's talk about this amazing title and the amazing work that you're doing. So the book is called De-Escalate, How to Calm an Angry Person in 90 Seconds or Less which I'm not sure is easy to do when you've got a raging person in front of you. So how does that work? It sounds like a contradiction, you know, peacemaker, lawyer. And explain that. So the the skill of de-escalation is the most important skill any peacemaker or mediator or any human being can develop in order to take high conflict, people screaming insulting, vile Mm. words and Mm. get them calmed down quickly to a place where you can actually have a calm conversation and do whatever problem solving has to be done. It turns out that our brains are hardwired for this and there's a a simple three-step process that people have to learn and master in order to do this. Um, I stumbled on this skill back in 2004 in a mediation I was conducting in Santa Barbara, California. And then in 2007, read um, a, brain, uh, a neuroscience report by Professor Matthew Lieberman, who's now at Harvard, um, in which he scanned the brains of people using this technique and watching what was really going on in their brains. So we, now we know why it works, we know how to do it, and over the years I've refined the skill, using it my, in my own personal mediation practice and teaching it to people around the world. In 2009, I had the opportunity with my colleague, Laurel Coffer, to start Prison of Peace. And since that time, mm-hmm. we, well, we're now operating in nine California prisons, working only mm-hmm. with lifers and long-termers, many of them murderers, teaching them how to be effective peacemakers and mediators. And this is the foundational skill we teach them. And mm-hmm. the results that we have seen from working in, with these inmate populations has been nothing short of transformational. That so I wrote amazing. the book because so many inmates came up to me over the years and said, you know, if I had learned these skills 20 years ago, I wouldn't be in prison right now. Mm-hmm. And finally mm-hmm. the light bulb went on and said, gee, maybe I should write a book and get this out into the world so other people can mm-hmm. have the benefit of these ideas. So share what this is. You said it's very simple, actually. Mm-hmm. Three steps. Three steps. Okay. Counterintuitive, but here they are. Step number one. 
when you are confronted with somebody who's really angry or very emotional, the first thing you have to do is ignore the words. You've heard the cuss words before. You've heard the vile language before. There's nothing here. There's no new information here. All it will do is trigger you. So ignore the words. It's just noise and treat it like that. Hmm. That's hard to do. That's hard to do. It is until you do step number two and step number three. And then it becomes a lot easier. And this is the secret. Step number two is while you're ignoring the words, don't focus on the words. Focus on the emotional experience the speaker is having. And just pay attention to their emotions. And, of course, it's going to be anger at the top. But underneath, there will be many other emotions that are blended in with all of this because we never just have one emotional experience. Guess at what those emotions are. You don't even have to be right. All you have to do is spend some cognitive effort to guess at what they're feeling. And then, and here's the third step, which is the, the secret sauce of all of this, is to reflect back the guessed emotion, what you think this person is feeling, and reflect back their emotional experience to them using a very simple you statement. So I would say, if you were really angry at me, I would say, Patricia, you're really angry at me. I mean, you are really pissed off. And that's all I would say. And then I would wait. And if I'm right, this is what's going to happen. You will, have the, you will give me an involuntary response. You don't even know that you're doing it. You'll give me a nod of the head. You'll give me a verbal response. Say, yeah, exactly. Or, uh-huh, that's right. You'll drop your shoulders, and you'll give me a sigh of relief. If I see those four things or combinations of those four things, then I know that I'm on track. If I'm wrong... You might say something like, no, I'm not angry. I'm just frustrated. Oh, you're not, you're, Patricia, you're really frustrated. And you'll say, yeah. And then I get the response. Mm-hmm. And then I know that I've de-escalated you. Lieberman scanning studies in 2007 showed that when we do this to somebody whose brain is very escalated, somehow we are in the still, the, the mechanism is still not known, but I think I'm beginning to understand the mechanisms. I'm reading a, a book now by Lisa Feldman Barrett about all of this, and she studied it. She's a psychologist, neuroscientist, and fascinating stuff she's doing. But, but what we're doing is, in a very sim- simplistic way, we are literally loaning the speaker our prefrontal cortex, mm-hmm. and, which allows them to process an emotional experience they're having that they can't process in that moment because they're too escalated. Mm-hmm. And this goes to the whole, a whole process of emotions, about what emotions are and how we, based on categories and concepts and very deep and very interesting stuff, but the technique works. Um, I've had inmates stop gang riots, stop prison fights. Um, wow. I mean, de-escalate really intense situations, reconcile families. Um, I mean, I, every, every time we go into prison, somebody comes up to me and tells me a story about a phone call they had with a family member the last couple of days where they used this skill to listen only to the emotions and reflect back only emotions and how the whole the whole conversation completely changed and they're just shaking their head saying it's unbelievable how this works so here so here's my question so when you de-escalate this when you say oh you're really pissed off or okay you're frustrated okay you're really angry at me what happens to that other person when you say you wait what happens then there'll be a slight pause right as they process the information and then they will then they will either continue yelling two only two things will happen Really? Well, maybe three. They will continue yelling at you, in which case you've got to continue labeling their emotions. Two, they will stop yelling at you, and they'll say, yeah, that's exactly right. 
And then sometimes they'll say, and, and they'll keep going. And now you're getting more information. So you just get more emotional information and you feed that information back to them until finally they, they quiet down and they say, yeah, that's it. Takes, takes about 35 to 45 seconds as a general problem. I say 90 seconds in the book title, but really it's very fast. Almost so when they, when they keep talking, Doug, do they say things like, you know, you really hurt my feelings or, you know, when you said that to me, that was very wounding. I mean, they, is that the kind of stuff that they say? No, they won't say that right away. What, they, what you're, you're trying to go something very much deeper. You're not trying to look for the cause of the upset. You're just trying to identify the emotional experience around the upset. Then, mm-hmm. after you get them calmed down, you, and once they're calmed down, then you can start exploring, all right, what happened? What do we need to do here to fix this? How do we make things right? How do we prevent this from happening again? But you can't even go there right. until their brains are calmed down enough to be able to process information. And so you can so say, how right, do you so, know when you're there? How do you know, you know you're there when of these four things? First of all, they quiet down. The, the emotion just drains out of them, not okay. in a bad way. It's not like they're blanching, but it just right. you can just see the energy drain out, and they re, they're restored to a place of calm. And they will actually say, "Thank you for listening to me. Th- thank you. That was thank you for listening to me. That's really important. I'm really glad you listened to me and heard what I had to say." People that happens all the time. Not every time, but all, a lot, frequently. And you'll get the nod of the head, the verbal response, the dropping of the shoulders, and the sigh. All involuntary. They don't even know what they're doing. I even noticed that when I'm role-playing, teaching this, and I have somebody labeling me, um, that I automatically go there when they get it right. I just do it automatically, and I just laugh. I said, there's my brain. It's, just doing, it's on autopilot, you know? I mean, it's just doing its thing. And I observe it, and I point out. See, I just did this, and I didn't even know that I did it. So at some point, do they do they tell you more? Do they tell you what's causing it? Absolutely. Down? Once once you get them calmed down, now they're feeling safe. They feel this deep empathic connection, and they will open up and start talking. This mm-hmm. um, I'll just tell you a story. Of what happened a week ago with with my wife Alea? She was in Santa Barbara taking care of our niece and nephew. August, um, our 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 nephew is thirteen years old. She picks him up at school around 3 or three o'clock or so. He gets in the car. He immediately pulls out his phone, opens it up, and starts texting head down, totally gone. Alea's a little annoyed at that because she wants to talk to him and find out what the day was, but she thinks for a second. She says, wait a minute. What's going on with him? So she tells August, August, you just had a power day. You had three exams. You're mentally exhausted. You're just totally wiped out and you don't have any capacity to talk with or be with anybody right now. You just need to be, be left alone and decompress. This is the sullen teenager with a head down, right? Mm-hmm. And, and August is a good kid, don't get me wrong. Um, takes about 10 seconds for that to process and he looks up and he said, exactly. And then he puts the phone down and starts talking to her. Mm-hmm. If he, she had done anything else, like, come on, listen to me, let's talk. What do you think he would have done? What does any teenager do when they're pushed like that? They shut down. Mm. But when she validated, just by guessing at what she thought he was going through in that moment, he validated her in a deep way that created an empathic bond that made mm. him want to talk to her because he wants more of that. Mm-hmm. Powerful. And this works Powerful. on every single human being. Our yeah. brains are hardwired for this. But I I've, think I've seen we this have happen. to be I, conscious, though, Doug. I mean, you have now? to be... You have to be conscious, 
I mean, because sometimes you get emotional and you're not, you're not there. You have to be willing to use this skill and you have to practice it enough over a period of a couple of weeks that it becomes second nature to you. And it only takes a couple of weeks of practice. And you don't start in high-risk situations. You start with low-risk. I tell people, go practice this skill in really low-risk social situations where if you screw up, it's not a big deal. So Starbucks, go to Starbucks, and in the morning, you're getting your coffee, your cappuccino, your latte, or whatever. Look at the barista and say, hey, you look really happy this morning. And, I mean, you want to do it meaningful, right? Hey, you look really happy this morning. Watch their reaction. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Then do it again to another stranger, somebody in the supermarket, somebody, you know, wherever you run into people whom, whom are social strangers, and you can just label them very quickly with one, the first thing that comes to your head, give them, reflect back the emotion, and watch their reaction. After you've done that a dozen times, and you've gotten the same reaction every single time, you'll begin to see how powerful it is, and it will naturally seep into you as, a, as a, just a way of being. Mm-hmm. And amazingly cool things happen when you start practicing this. The first thing that happens is to the degree, if you have any self-talk going on where you know got a little chatter monkey in your brain, that goes away. You start living in silence. And in the moment. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, that goes away. You start start living in silence, quiet, you're neutral. The second thing that happens is that you're no longer frightened or fearful or anxious around emotional people. You just look at them and say, this person's being emotional. I can help them right now mm-hmm. if I choose to help them because it's always about choice. If I choose to help them, there's something I can do that's positive right now. I can stop that two-year-old from having a tantrum. I can get that two-year-old calmed down in 30 seconds. And no, no need to yell or argue or fight or do anything else. I can get them calmed down, and then we can solve the problem. All right, um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and continue with this amazing work. Uh, Doug Knoll is a successful trial lawyer turned mediator. He's written the highly anticipated new book that's hot off the press called De-Escalate, How to Calm an Angry Person in 90 Seconds or Less. We're talking about the work that he's done in prisons, and we're talking about how you can de-escalate um, people who are angry and emotional, and we'll be back with Doug Knoll right after the break. And the website is dougknoll.com, D-O-U-G-N-O-L-L.com. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. 
want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hello everyone and welcome back my guest is doug Noel. he is a trial lawyer turned mediator He's written a highly successful book, De-Escalate, How to Calm an Angry Person in 90 Seconds. Doug Newell is a full-time internationally recognized mediator and peacemaker specializing in difficult, complex, and intractable conflicts. He's a fellow of the International Academy of Mediators and on the American Arbitration Association panel of mediators and arbitrators. And his many, many other credentials. Take a look at the website, which is dougnoll.com, D-O-U-G-N-O-L-L.com. Welcome, Doug. Thanks, Patricia. Um, the listener, when you're doing the mediation, we talked all about what happens to de-escalate the anger and the rage, but what should the listener know? There's some, some other things. So something else, ha- when, when a listener uses these three simple steps, ignore the words, guess at the emotions, reflect back the emotions with a simple you statement, that's all you have to do. Don't use an I statement. Don't you ask a question. You say, you are. There's something that seems very, and something I noticed that was very odd when I started doing this, and I kind of explored what was going on, and what happens is you're so focused on reading the emotional data field of your speaker that you lose your sense of ego. You become egoless in this few moments that you're doing this. And as you become egoless, it's as if you are being wrapped in an energy ball that is protecting you from anything the other person could do. Now, obviously not violence, but certainly from verbal assaults. Um, and the other thing that happens is you enter into this state of transcendence for a moment. It doesn't last very long, but it's there, it's palpable, and you experience it where you are egoless and totally one with yourself and with everything else, including the speaker. And you, this connection seems to be, to be made inside yourself as the listener that is it, it's, um, very difficult to describe, but it's very powerful. And it feels really good. And it's amazing how you can take, when you feel this way towards somebody, even somebody who's being vile and vulgar and disrespectful, having that feeling of connection allows you to experience their humanity in a deep way that you would never experience otherwise. And it allows you to completely ignore the words and ignore their behaviors and just focus on the fact that this is a human being who's hurting right now and needs some help. And I can, I can help them by de-escalating. Mm. Yeah, it yeah, must it be very gratifying. To, must be yeah, very gratifying, I, too. 
I, it is. And I started asking students, have you, any of you had this experience? They all were starting to raise their hands saying, yes, this, I was wondering what that was. And it seems that it seems to be pretty a pretty universal experience of people who use this skill. So mm-hmm. not only can you de-escalate somebody, but for yourself, you're giving yourself a great service. And one more thing that happens out of this, which is very cool, and I learned this from working with my inmates in the in the nine prisons I'm working in, is that as you practice this skill, you begin to be able to de-escalate yourself. And I've had inmate after inmate come up to me and tell me how the before and after. The before, I would have been in a fight. There would have been a knife pulled. Somebody would have gotten hurt. Today, I just turned my back and walked away. It didn't even bother me what he did. And it's because they're able to recognize. They say, I'm really angry right now. I'm really frustrated. This guy just disrespected me. He's being a real chump, real jerk. But then they're able to stop and say, so how do I want to respond to that? I don't, I don't think I want to respond to that. I'll just let him be. It's his problem, not mine. That's called emotional intelligence. So this mm-hmm. teaches this teaches you automatically how to be emotionally intelligent. Yeah. How do you have a calm conversation with people who are politically polarized? And we have seen <laughs> relationships break because of this. That's right. So the way you do this is the first thing you do is you de-escalate them if they're excited or emotional, and then you're going to ask a couple of questions that are that are a little counterintuitive. And I'm assuming now you want to have a calm conversation with the politically polarized. Because uh, <laughs> if you don't want to, then don't. But assuming you want to, the first question I would ask is, hey, Patricia, I'd be really interested in knowing about all the life experiences that you've had that led you to the beliefs that you hold today. What happened in your life that has caused you to come to where you are today? And that opens you up to a possibility of telling stories. And in your storytelling, we will find more common ground than we will find differences. The second question I'm going to ask is, so how do your beliefs help you navigate the world? How do your beliefs help you make decisions and decide what's important and what's not important? And I'm going to list, that's going to be another story. And we're going to, I'm going to listen to that. And again, I'm going to find a lot more common ground. And then the third question I'm going to ask is, so there are a lot of people that have different beliefs, and some people really disagree with you pretty strongly. How do you navigate that? How do you navigate people who have really different beliefs than you do? And you might get a snarky comment, but sometimes you'll get some thoughtfulness. Mm-hmm. And then the last question I'll ask is, how should our society respond to groups of people who have different belief structures that really can't even tolerate each other's beliefs? How is a society, should, do you think we should handle that and manage that? Mm-hmm. Now, notice that in all four of these questions, I never once asked anything about the belief. I never challenged it. I never argued against it. I never said, you're stupid, or I have a different... I never talked about my own beliefs. Mm-hmm. And that's the secret to having a calm conversation with the political parties. You have to be an adult. You have to be able to suppress your own need to be validated and vindicated in the moment. You have to suppress your need to tell the other person they're idiots or to prove that you're right because their, their beliefs are so wrong and all of science shows that they're idiots. You have to suppress all of that. It's not important right now. What's important is to get them talking about stuff around their beliefs so that we yeah. can have a common understanding yeah. Yeah. Of, of where they're coming from and why. Yeah, that has helped me a lot in terms of my beliefs when I've been, you know, very polarized in my own belief. And I've looked at why, and it definitely goes back to childhood beliefs, and I understand why. And it's not so much about the political system. It's more about someone's behavior. It's more about a politician's behavior that triggers me. 
because I just, that behavior reminds me of harmful behavior I've seen before. That's so, right. So, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. All right, closing thoughts, Doug. What would you like to leave our listeners with? Well, What's your message? you know, I'm a pretty, I'm a pragmatic guy. Nothing that I, nothing that I teach or talk about is, is, is ungrounded or just myth. It's all based on science. And um, I only do stuff that works. So I would say this, peace, if you want to have peace in your life, just recognize that peace is not a noun. Peace requires you to get out and do peace. Mm-hmm. And you do that by learning these pragmatic skills like de-escalation that actually work every time without failure, and you start assiduously training yourself in how to do this stuff. It doesn't take long. It's not hard to learn. You just have to practice it. Start practicing this stuff and start changing your lives. I've seen mm-hmm. 20 men in a 4,000-men in a prison in a year turn that prison from a violent, place of violence to a place of peace. It's wonderful. Just wow. by doing wow. this stuff. Wow. It doesn't right. take many people to change our communities, yeah. our families, our society. It just takes a committed, small group of people practicing yeah. these skills. Which is exactly what Margaret Mead said, right? That's, that's right. exactly what well, the quote well, is. Yeah, that's yeah, right. It just absolutely. takes a small kernel of people. So, right. people How can we find your book? It's everywhere. It's where all good books are sold. Of course, it's available completely on the internet. Barnes and Noble, Indie, IndieBound, Books a Thousand, Amazon. Um, I have a special offer that I can make to people. I have a benefactor who will buy the book for you if you pay seven dollars shipping and handling. He wants you to have skin in the game. So if you pay the seven dollars shipping and handling, he'll buy the book and send it to you. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get that offer, you can go to dougnoll.com, click on the banner, and it'll take you to the order page. Um, Doug, thanks so much. Patricia, Thanks so much great for talking to you. It's wonderful, really. Very inspiring and enlightening. Uh, stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com. Stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Like me, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. And if you want to get on my newsletter list, it's Patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.